3: Welcome to CEO Coach with me, Ann Kennedy and Jillian Musig, co-founder of Moz. Good morning, Jillian. Good
4: morning, Anne. Good to have you with us.
3: Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more at outlinesventure.com. Today, we're talking with Sarah Bird, CEO of Moz. Jillian, I think you know Sarah very, very well.
4: Yeah, so full disclosure, uh, I'm a co-founder at Moz, and uh, Sarah is now the CEO over there. So it's a delight to speak with you this morning, Sarah. Welcome.
5: Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to be here, Jillian, and to spend this time with you.
4: Okay. So for our listeners who don't necessarily know our collective background, uh, tell them all about uh, what you do at Moz, your role there, how you came to be there, uh, how you got to the, be the CEO, whatever it is. Just just give us a little background.
5: Yeah, I've been the CEO of Moz for about a year and a half now, but my journey uh, actually began in end of 2007. I came on board when you and Rand were still very much involved every day in leading the company, and I came on as a general counsel role from a small law firm and then um, just proceeded to have so much fun learning about technology and about marketing and about entrepreneurship and feel really fortunate to have the opportunity to um, to do so many different kinds of things that I don't think any other company would have let me do, and I took full advantage of that and just threw myself into any project that needed doing. So, as within, I recall, yeah, as
4: I recall, you wrote uh, what was it, Legal Mondays? Yeah, right. I Quite, did. Yeah, a series of blog posts. How long did that go on?
5: Gosh, I don't know, maybe a year or so. I, I'm thinking I, about the same. Yeah. I remember when we started, when I started there, you know, we knew there wasn't really enough full-time legal work, just legal work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the plan was I would do this blogging as well on the side and write about advertising law and digital marketing. And then um, over time, like I said, I just, I feel like there was so much opportunity at an early company. If you're willing to learn new things, try stuff out and, you know, work hard and get your hands dirty, you can learn all kinds of New skills, so I over time got to you know run finance and HR. I did wireframing. I was in product discussions. I was helping with pricing, meeting customers, and I I just really feel grateful that I was exposed to so many different aspects of the business. And now, um, you know, so it was from general counsel to COO to president to CEO. And now as the CEO, I feel like I've been exposed to many different aspects of the business. I am not an expert at any of them at all. I would never claim to be. We we hire really really good talented people to be experts in their respective fields but I do try, I just relish that opportunity I had to learn a little bit about each of these different kinds of disciplines so that now I can you know I can lead with more empathy and hopefully ask better questions since I've had at least some exposure mm-hmm. to most aspects of the business and
4: I would say that that is one of the most uh, critical attributes or assets rather of a successful CEO that they do have um, a, if you will a modicum of experience in a large number of fields so that you can again lead with empathy, uh, hugely important. Okay, so give us an idea of where Moz is headed, just in the broadest brushstroke. Where are we going? Any new acquisitions? Uh, I know we've got Mozlandia now in Portland. Anything else that the world wants to know? Because you know the listeners really want to know.
5: Yeah, you know, I, so Moz has, has a great history of being a community first, right, that we started as a blog and a community of people that came together to really support each other and to help each other become better marketing professionals and um, that will continue and it has it has grown and we're continued to um, nurturing that community and in fact we we realized that by only having our our previous product strategy of having one kind of subscription where we throw in all these different kinds of features um, really wasn't working for everyone in the community. And that, in fact, our community is much more diverse than our product set, where we basically only had um, SEO Moz Pro for the longest time. And the reality is we have so many different kinds of people in the community, whether they're small businesses to enterprise, whether they're new to expert, whether they focus more on the social side or the content side, or more on the very technical SEO pieces that um, the strategy for the future, actually, is to recognize and honor those differences in the community and really allow people to purchase Moz data and Moz products at either a price point that works for them or the right feature set. So you've already seen Moz diversifying its product offering by launching Moz Local uh, about a year ago. And in the future, you can expect to see um, more product launches that are separate products than the current Moz Pro we have today. And those products should be more focused to particular u- use cases, which we have heard from customers they really want. Right? They want maybe they they focus mostly on social and they don't need the other pieces, or maybe they care mostly about technical SEO and on-page and crawl, but they don't care about local distributions or they don't care about content audits, that kind of thing. So. In the future, you can see more products from Moz and hopefully find something for everybody in the community that will help them do their jobs better. Um, Some other things in the future, you know, as an organization, um, we are we are committed to um, to growing, but growing smartly. Um, we have. The wonderful opportunity to scale quickly without having to grow the team, um, you know, relative to other companies of our size. So, to give you a sense of that scale, we did about 35 million um, in revenue in the last 12 months. And um, we only have 155 people on the team today. So that's pretty impressive, pretty impressive scale. And uh, we will be expanding the team. We are hiring. We are looking for especially engineers to help us build these new product lines. Um, And we are also hiring.
4: Wait, wait, let me interrupt you right there and tell the engineers who are listening where can they find those jobs listed.
5: Oh, just go to Moz.com and you will, in our About page, and you will learn all about Moz. And our core values, which I'll talk about in a minute, and the job openings we have, and get a sense of what it's like to to work on the team and what we're all about. So I definitely okay. encourage everyone to go there.
4: Okay, another question everybody's going to have on their lips if they're very young is: Are you taking in interns, especially for things like summer or winter internships?
5: We do have interns. Um, we do have we do we use interns. We love interns. We are not yet as mature in our internship program as I was. Like, in other words, we don't have a. What I would say, a formal across-the-board intern program. What we have done is interns who reach out to us, um, you know, and they have relevant backgrounds. We have taken them in for the summer, and they do great projects for us—real work. They're paid internships. Um, and you know, several of them, most of them actually have turned into full employment when the student, it's usually a student is done with school. Um, so yes, we have opportunities for interns. But we don't have a formal internship program yet. That is something mm-hmm. that maybe we'll look at next year.
4: Okay, so you're hiring mostly engineers and um, and still scaling up, but um, this concept of scaling both quickly and growing smartly, mm-hmm. what makes the difference between scaling quickly and growing smartly? I know that there's a Venn diagram, one would hope you could do both, but what is that definition of scale, of growing smartly?
5: Well, you know, it's going to be different for every business, but for for Moz, we've had a cultural, I think, a a cultural value around – providing having a real business model. And for what real means, that sounds sort of derogatory, so apologize for that. But real for us means you exchange values with customers, right? You you actually have real revenue streams and you're providing a real service. Um and so for us it's just a, a one a wonderful operational exercise to think and do the math on, okay, for every new head we hire, you know, what's the ROI on that? And that has allowed us to run our business more cash conservatively than a lot of other startups um, and allowed us to remain uh, you know, relatively low cash burn compared to other folks um, and so when the economic downturn happened, for example, we were still able to grow and we didn't go out of business and we had a great um, great growth during that period but that's because the growth was smart growth right We didn't scale um, some of the organizational stuff ahead of where the market or the product was so it makes I mean, very
4: good sense so hang on you said for every new head- you hire, you ask what's the revenue value and you actually, if you will, have your own algorithms that say for every new person we expect to make X number of dollars more, you can uh, tie that directly to revenue
5: well, it depends on the he- on the hire how direct that is. So for mm-hmm. a customer success person whose job it is to help customers succeed and therefore improve retention, you can actually get pretty good math on that. Um, and so you can say, okay, if I hire this person today, two months from now, they're going to begin paying for themselves, right? And then in, in four months, they will pay for themselves completely and just adding money back to the mm-hmm. to the bottom line. But um, for other heads, like if you're hiring um, an operational person, we have a wonderful team at Mars called called Team Happy that helps, you know, mm-hmm. make, make sure we're fed and we have everything we need and they plan events for us. They're right. not direct revenue drivers. They serve many different people to make us more happy. So some roles are more of a leap of faith than others. Um, but we, again, we always take a look at the math and say, okay, based on our current growth rate, what do we think we can handle and sustain so that we're not in an uncomfortable position?
4: Okay, makes good sense. So uh, we're going to take just a few moments here uh, and take a break in a minute. As we wrap up this segment, what would be your wisdom, if you will, for a CEO at approximately your level in terms of how to look at um, what you would call, again, smart growth? What were the, the critical factors that say that's smart growth?
5: Well, if you, the, very, the very first thing, the baseline, is you have to have data on your business. And if you don't have data on on your business, there's no way you can do the calculation. And so we have parts of our business that are very well orchestrated and we collect good data on, and other parts of our business we're still very much working on. So the better quality data you have, the better the quality of your decision making will be on those, um, on those metrics.
4: Sounds really good to me. I agree. Data-driven businesses uh, succeed quickly, uh, more quickly, actually. They succeed more frequently, and they do so with more regularity than any other kind of business. And with that, we're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to be talking about how it is that you are growing and scaling Moz. What does your management style look like? What does it include? And what wisdom can you share with other CEOs? This is Julian Music with Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back at CEO Coach.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and today we're talking to Sarah Bird, the CEO of Moz. Sarah, it's so good to hear how things are at Moz and what goes on on the inside, and I know Jillian's got a lot more questions of things that uh, we'd like our listeners to know.
4: Absolutely. So I really want to talk about this concept of Moz OS. It's something that you mentioned to us and you began to describe even before the show. (laughs) And I am super excited to share that with our CEOs who are listening from around the world. Um, I don't know if you know, Sarah, we've got probably close to 10,000 folks who will download this show and listen to the wisdom that you're about to share. (laughs) So share well, tell us about Moz. Um, We know that one of the uh, pieces that, that kind of drives Moz, the rudder in the water, is Tag Fee. So, starting there, tell us how you're driving Moz and what changes we should expect will look like.
5: Great. Thank you, Jillian. So, you're right. Tag Fee really is the foundation that I need to make sure I talk about um, before I go on to describe Moz OS. Tag Fee are our core values. And at Moz, we are transparent, we are authentic generous, fun, empathetic, and exceptional. And that's what the word tag fee means. We had to create a whole new word so that we could remember our core our core values. Um, and that's something that has really grounded us both in who we hire, how we offer and build products, who we partner with in a vendor ecosystem, and make sure that we all at Moz are aligned on the, um, the decisions and what success will look like because everyone agrees that if you have... Sort of business financial success, uh, but you don't have um, you know tag fee success, then then that's really not a business anyone wants to be a part of. So so to be at Moz and to participate in our our community, you have to be a full supporter of those values as well. And that's been something that's been incredibly powerful for this organization and for me personally on a very personal level to take stock of how am I doing as a leader, how am I showing up today? Was that my most tag fee uh, interview? Was that my most tag fee meeting and you know really help and to challenge me to aspire to be to be great. So starting with tag fee, um, you know it's, you can have the values, but your strategies on how you implement tag fee may have to change over time. So for example, on transparency, when you're a small company, when you're you know, 15 people, it's easy to be transparent because you just sort of you know swivel around in your chair and tell everybody what you're doing that day or ask a question and you can have. You know, near-perfect communication when you're a small team, but as the team grows and becomes more distributed across locations and time zones, um, that strategy does not work anymore and you have to have a new way. And one of the things I found as a leader especially was that as you have you know, layers of leadership in the organization, communication became uh, so much more challenging and yet it was so much more important than ever because we had to all keep organized. So uh, and had to share data across teams, right? Data and challenges, dependencies. So we needed to come up with a new way to make sure that we were all moving in the same direction. And I would say that there was a while there, we probably waited too long to come up with this new Moz OS system, because I, I think that for a while there, we, we the E-team, sort of the executive leadership team, um, thought we could solve this problem by just being more hands on, sort of more command and control type leaders. Where we, well, we would come up with the plan in our small, small core group and then, you know, communicate it out and tell people, like, hey, this is where we're headed, go do it. Um, but that is one, not a very fulfilling, it's not a very fulfilling, um, you know, employment relationship. The team member, our team members are great and they have a lot to give and they have frequently much better information about where we should be headed and what's currently working and not working in the org than we, the e team, do. Um, and two, you know, I am a big believer that for people to feel truly feel happy and fulfilled in their work, they need to have that sense of autonomy and mastery. So they wanted to have some control over their destiny. They wanted to know the challenges, but they wanted to be able to to come up with the solutions themselves. So we transitioned the company to what we call Moz OS, which is Moz operating system. And it is a basically a cadence or a company heartbeat of when we get together, the, the kinds of questions we're going to ask, the data we're going to look at, and then um, come up with some decisions on what we're going to do for the next um, period of time. So I would say the, the key component of it is the 90 day, the quarterly planning piece and basically every ninety days about forty people in the company get together and each team comes up with their own plan about what they want to accomplish the next ninety days And when they're building their 90-day plan, first of all, they've done a retrospective on the previous 90 days so that they've gathered the learnings on what worked or didn't work. And two, as part of that retrospective and just operational health, they go through and look at all of their key metrics, what's currently working or not working in their particular business unit or team. And then three, they come up with the rationale, using the retrospective and the metrics of what they're going to do next to explain why they have chosen the priorities they have chosen. So every team in the company, and this is the autonomy piece, right? This isn't driven by me, the E-team. This is driven by the individual teams together, and they create this um, this snapshot. And then all of the snapshots, we all come together, and um, we read each other's snapshots so that we understand what's happening across the organization and what learnings are shared, if there are any trends. And we also, very importantly, try to identify where key dependencies are, if we've missed any, if we have any conflicts, if resources are allocated appropriately. And this is a very intense two-day period each quarter where we had this idea that if we could get everyone who's a stakeholder in the room to talk very intensely during these two-day periods, it would cut down on the number of meetings we have to have in between and also it would provide the moment where everyone could plan that hey this is when big decisions for the next ninety days are going to be made so I need to make sure I am in the office and I'm prepared and I have my data set ready for that decision-making period. And adding Okay so that-
4: wait a second, hang on, you've got yeah. ninety days, forty people and they get together for two days so yep. forty people times two days is eighty human work days yep. Right, that's a lot of time spent. Did it work? Are you having fewer other meetings and non-productive ones?
5: Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, so when I said two days, I want to also, I should better articulate to you the use of that time because it's really, it's a half day in the morning on the first day where we come and share our learnings and our proposals for the next 90 days. And then it's work open working session for that afternoon. And if you have, if your team doesn't have any, you know, things to issue or you no know, issues to work, no priorities, no resourcing questions, no clarity to get. You're free to continue. It's just open time for you. But it's blocked off so that in case people need to have intensive discussions, you can do it. And then the next morning is reserved for, okay, you've had your intensive discussions the day before, go through and update your plans and your learnings, whatever those have been, make any changes you need to do your snapshot. So the afternoon of the second day becomes a sharing anybody's, any changes to the snapshots from the previous day based on whatever issues were worked on the team, usually around priorities and dependencies, right? Okay.
4: Um, So it actually does cut down then on the rest of the, um, you know, if you will, the non productive meetings and yeah. it doesn't take up the entire full two days. Yeah. Yeah. Are there the same 40 people or do you change out those 40 people so that other voices are heard over time and within reason. You don't want, if you will, you know, the newest uh, intern to show up uh, presenting what was done in the last 90 days. They're not qualified to do so. I get that. Or even perhaps to plan what will happen in the next 90 days. Mm-hmm. They're more in follow mode and learn mode. But within reason do you change out those 40 people?
5: The 40 people changes a little bit, but most of the key stakeholders remain pretty constant. Um, But I will say, you know, we care a ton about transparency, and so these meetings are broadcasted to everyone in the company. Anyone who wants to, you know, watch from their computer at their desk or home is is more than welcome to do so. Mm -hmm. And second of all, um, the creation of the snapshots, that team, they they have built that together with their team. The manager doesn't by themselves go off into a hole and come up with a 90-day plan. Instead, the team together retrospects and learns together and then suggests, like, okay, how do we go forward and do you think this plan is realistic together? And that what what is really important, the the transformation that I have seen at Moz um, that I'm really proud of and excited to continue to see get even stronger um, is that instead of people feeling just accountable to their manager to deliver work, like, oh, I better do this thing so that I can get a good rating from my manager, and having that sense of sort of upward accountability, Instead, we have transitioned to a culture of self-generated accountability to your team, right? Because when you when mm-hmm. you, when the team creates and then commits to a plan together, they don't want to let the team down, and then they own those goals. Like this was their idea, this was their plan, they own the success of it or the failure. Uh, so, so that changes, I think, the whole way people reflect on their work. It's what it's that magic thing that happens when you feel like you have autonomy. That suddenly yes. it's yes. your it's your problem to work. It's not. Sarah's problem, the CEO, that they're making me do these tasks to solve. It is our problem that we are coming up with creative solutions for. So
4: the autonomy isn't determining kind of what your next 90 days looks like, right? The autonomy is determining what your group will provide and reaching that goal. And that's brilliant because each group has to then be also, if you will, by groups responsible to each other group in the company that's depending on them to accomplish what they said they would. The leadership portion, though, I would think comes from making sure that they are melded
5: Yeah, so we also, you know, I didn't go through it, but part of the OS cadence is an annual, a three-year planning session we revise every year and an annual planning session we do once a year as well, where we set the overall annual goals of where we would like the company to go. And that process is similarly a couple days, it involves a retrospective over the previous year, it involves, you know, probably 15 to 20 leaders in the company, and those are very big picture goals, like we're going to launch and learn this new product line, or we want to try to improve retention by 1% on this product line or with the focus is on ARPU this year whatever it whatever it is mm-hmm. that the leadership you know we the leadership team have determined are the overarching goals for the year and that way all of the 90-day plans roll up into that annual those annual targets
4: Makes good sense. We're going to take one more break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, I'm going to make an assumption that above all of these things, somebody stands there at the tallest tree on the tallest mountain and says, and we're heading in that direction because that's where the world needs us to go. So this is Jillian Music with Sarah Bird, CEO at Moz and Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. frogontop.com. topseos.com the independent authority on search vendors we're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach only on webmasterradio.fm
3: welcome back to CEO Coach this is Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music and we've been talking to Sarah Bird CEO at Moz, Sarah. This has been a delight, and I know that you have much more to tell us of the view from the top of the trees, and maybe your top tips for other CEOs who want to adopt some of your practices.
5: Yeah, I would, I would love to share some of my some of my learnings here. Um, I think one of the first ones is actually. Uh, a learning that I took from reading the hard thing about the hard thing about hard things, and I highly recommend that book to any to any entrepreneur. Um, and it was something that Ben said about how he thought of his role, and that is: first, you take care of the people, and then the profit. I sorry, and then the product, and then the profit, in that order. So people, product, profit, and in that order, and like all the right things will happen. And I think that, in a nutshell, that really symbolizes what we try to accomplish at Moz through tag fee. That that tag fee becomes very human-centered, and it's how we want to relate to each other as people. And it's bringing your humanity into all of your business relationships. and so that really resonates with me. And I think for, for different people, what that looks like will be different, and that's OK. But I think as long as you realize that you know, you're only as good as your team, um, and that the team will take care of your product for you, and then your product should take care of your product, like, then, then the right things will happen for your business. And you'll find more meaning in your work, which is, which is really the true joy, right? You know, another, um, another key learning I think I've had, um, especially in talking with other CEOs, um, sometimes people say it feels very lonely at the top, and i haven't i haven 't had that experience i don 't feel lonely and I, I realize it 's because of the amount of energy I put into you know, soliciting and soliciting and generally listening to feedback and ideas from the people on my team. I, when you have transparency around what the problems are and you share the challenges and you invite people to contribute and own those, suddenly you don't feel like this, this burden of, it's only me worrying about this and it's only me who can come up with the solutions. I mean, at Moz, I, it's very much everyone's company and it is everyone's problem to work on and there's no secrets and no shame. There is only hard work and accountability and then hopefully also joy and meaning and creating something amazing with people you care about. So I I think that my second piece there is basically it's only as lonely as you make it. Um, And then, you know, finally, uh, a theme for my whole life um, is continual learning. Uh, And never to underestimate the amount of time you need to invest in yourself and managing your your emotions, and learning new skills, and being inspired by other people, and inspired by other kinds of businesses, I spend an incredible amount of my time learning from others and trying to trying to grow, and really working on my stuff. And I try to model that with other people around me, so that they know that that is expected. That when you're when you're at Moz, you are going to be a continual learner, and um, you know that implies some. That implies some humility. That implies um, optimism and aspiration. And those are the kinds of people I really, really enjoy working with. So those are sort of my three things. They are
4: absolutely wonderful and, um, and much deeper than just the few words that you gave them. I think that's wonderful. If somebody here is a CEO reaching approximately the same stage of business that you are, so we're not asking all people who are downloading this show to, uh, to go call, but if they want to reach you, what's the best way?
5: Um, they should definitely pop me an email. My email address is on the moz.com site. Um, under our team page, you can find my profile there. So they're welcome to drop me a line. The more specific the question, the easier it will be for me to be helpful. And um, you know, just offering something, I know we're almost out of time, but offering something else. Um, I have found, you know, peer groups of other CEOs and leaders to be incredibly valuable, and one of the most valuable things I did is I've joined a group called Vistage about four years ago, and it brings together CEOs for a full day each month, and we have a speaker in the morning who teaches us a new skill, and then we support each other in the afternoon through helping each other work through problems and resolving issues, and that has been an incredible growth mechanism for me, so there are many different kinds of organizations like that. You don't have to do the Vistage way. There's like Pathwise, there's CEO, there's all kinds of things. And I would, I would strongly encourage um, anyone to seek out a group like that in their area, to have that continual and very personal um, coach and support uh, in their in their own leadership journey. So they're welcome to email me as well. And I would highly recommend a a more steady, you know, in-person peer group.
4: Absolutely, yeah. These would be very targeted and tactical questions around developing some of the systems that you've been in place at MozOS. So thank you so much, Sarah. This has been incredibly informative and an absolute delight to hear you as well. Uh, And that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at webmasterradio.fm for their support. You can always download these shows through webmasterradio.fm iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and so many other places around the web. You can find links and more on facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by, hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you think and what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. You can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week.
2: are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies.